Hi, this is Bob Wells here, and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. This is the show where we hear about people's interests and uncover some fascinating stories at the same time. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello and welcome to Undercurrent Stories. In today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Barbara Calvano. Barbara is an angel, intuitive and life coach, as well as being an actor and artist. Barbara also hosts her own weekly podcast, Let's Ask the Angels. Hello and welcome to the show, Barbara. Hello, hello. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much. It's really good to have you on. Uh, I know we reached out about a couple of weeks ago after I listened to one of your podcasts, and I thought, I, I need to speak to Barbara. I need to get her on the show. <laughs> no, it's great great to have you on. I have to say, um, for our listeners, that we, we featured many, many subjects on the show so far, you know, art, mm-hmm. history, music, etc. But this is the first time that we've had what I would suggest is probably a spiritual aspect of life. Yeah, really, thank you. Really, well, I'm really looking forward to it, and I, and I hope our listeners enjoy it as well. Um, so how have the last sort of couple of years been with the pandemic and everything for you? Well, here I live in New York City and I live very close to what was called the epicenter. So there was a lot, a lot of action, meaning a lot of ambulances, a lot of casualties. Um, the pandemic was good and bad. Um, because of my work, I tend to look for not necessarily reasons, but what would be the spiritual lesson in all of this, and mostly looking at my own life. So I'm an introvert, so I didn't mind not going anywhere. (laughs) So it's fine. I was like, no problem here. Um, And I took courses online. And so I stayed connected that way. Um, Yeah, so mostly I looked for any reasons things are happening. So also here in the United States, with the pandemic, we had um, Black Lives Matter, we had an anti-Asian situation happen and yeah. these things are still happening so those things affected me personally i'm half japanese um so i had deep emotional connections to things um i have pets that aged out they were 18 years old and they got very ill and i had to take care of them and i was glad to be home you know 24 yeah. 7 so i could actually be with them and financially yes. you know we took a loss i i took a loss my husband's business as a chiropractor took a loss But, you know, I would say, Robert, I really got to see what matters to me and what I did not miss. So um, and I also was because of my work, my angel work, I was very aware to uh, financial support where others may have missed it because my intuition is kind of high. I was able to see, oh, oh, all I need to do is do this, this and that. And I was able to get um, extra monies to support myself. So I kind of had a great time. At the same time, it was very um, awful, right? And all in all, but I was able to purchase a lot of art supplies and get really focused on my art. As I went through these emotional things, seeing what was happening. And then lastly, the political climate here in the United States took a real deep um, impact on my family. I got to see, um, they tend to be on the other political party. (laughs) And I got to see how, I got to see the truth about how yeah. people are. And it was quite, um, it was um, sad. It was very sad to see the amount of um, divide. And so all in all, it was a reckoning. It was a very um, awesome reckoning. And um, again, because of my work, I tend to see what was and what can be the uh, 
like spiritual lesson from any of yeah. this. And that's what I also talked about a lot for people that, that there very well might be the most powerful revelations for ourselves during this time, which yeah. could be one that we're not happy. <laughs> we want to make changes. And are we going to do them or not? And so that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And, uh, I, again, I got to see what I did not miss it was out of certain acting jobs and even tarot. I, do, I was doing a lot of tarot events in the city through a company that I work with. Um, I, you know, the money was great, but did I really miss it, you know? Yeah. So that's what I, I got to see. Yeah. So, so I think the, um, the pandemic has affected people in many, many ways, hasn't mm-hmm. it? I think we've all been touched by it. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, with people that we've lost, and also people that have changed, decided to change their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. A, couple of, a couple of friends who've actually changed theirs. Yeah, so it's been an interesting time. Um, so, just going back a bit before we talk about the spiritual side of your life, which I'm really interested in on mm-hmm. the angel side, can you just please tell us about your journey and mm-hmm. how you came to be um, an angel intuitive and life coach, please? Sure. Um, it was not something that I thought. I wanted to do, <clears throat> or it was not in my um, path, basically, as other people may say, oh, I knew when I was five years old, I wanted to be a psychic or whatnot. No, no. Um, I knew I was always very, very sensitive. And I kind of saw that as a detriment, like something's wrong with me. But as I got older, I got to see that this is actually a superpower. Now, I was born in Japan after the Korean War. My husband, my husband, my father was in the, was in the military. Met my Japanese mother there, and throughout my life, um, I grew up in Tokyo during the Vietnam War. I went to thirteen schools before I graduated from high school. So there was a Th- lot. Thirteen, of, thirteen schools. Thirteen, yes. Oh, you were always the new girl. <laughs> always the new, and always had to prove something and jump yeah. in and not know what they just studied. And I had to learn to be intuitive, right? Yeah, and. But I honestly can say that I was destined to be someone who's going to teach about the East and the West, the different values, the different ways of looking at life. And that's what I've come to do. But what the path that it took me was that being very, very sensitive and a family was pretty dysfunctional, unlike many other families. Um, But I wanted, I just didn't know what the meaning of life was. As as corny as that sounds, I really was in a quest. Like, what is the meaning of all this? So I um, was really good in art. And I thought I, you know, I mean, it was always good in art. I got an art scholarship. I ended up turning it down because I just was, I wanted to do something else. I was good with languages because being um, brought up in a Japanese and I had learned French. I thought I would, and in Russian, I was going to be a Russian and Japanese interpreter. I go to college and I discover modern dance. And that gives me total freedom of expressing myself in a way I never did before. Long story short, I moved to New York City and I was not prepared to be here from the quiet Midwest. And and um, I got into partying with people and that was fun and everything. But what I saw was that... Um, Again, I'm still looking for what to do with all this expression I had inside sorry, of me. Sorry right? to interrupt there, Barbara, mm-hmm. but, but when you say you were partying, this, this would have been in the 1980s, I guess. Yes, yeah, late so, 70s so, and early yeah, 80s, so, yeah. So big time in New York with the music scene. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, I may have very Video well... 54? 
I may have bumped into, yes, a Madonna in, in a bathroom or something. You know, it was, everything was happening at that time. I yeah, think, I don't know what they're doing now, but I think we had a really good time. You know, yeah. so, yeah, we had the mud club, the pyramid club area, the tunnel. I mean, it was just nothing to go and party all night yes. and then go to work in the morning or whatever. And so, but I, 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 me being sensitive, meaning I was, very healthy because I was a performer in college. I knew that that was going to be the death of me if I continue that. <laughs> so I started searching and I found a meditation um, group that I uh, connected with. In fact, a spiritual teacher. I did a lot of deep, you know, um, meditation. And then I took personal development courses that are now still go- ongoing in the world. Um, something called the EST training, which was pretty radical at the time. But for me, I needed something to help me, how do I say, put away the past, which yeah. was as as great as it might have s- sounded, you know, with all the traveling and everything. I lived in Japan a lot, and I did get to see the Beatles in 1966. You saw the Beatles? I saw the Beatles at wow. the Tokyo Budokan when That's I was 12, and for me, that was a mystical experience because it yeah. came out of nowhere. My family didn't have a lot of money. I wanted to see them. I told my mother. And before you know it, me and three other classmates had seventh row tickets at the Budokan. We were on the side of George Harrison. Now, this yeah. came out of the blue. So yeah. that was like the beginning of like in the midst of being really depressed and unhappy, I can create magic. And so that was... I just knew it. So I knew I could get away from my family and come to New York and discover what I needed to. And so long story short, I keep saying that I I did meet my husband to be we get married. And then I got extremely depressed to the point I don't understand this depression. And a therapist uh, pointed me towards um, Alcoholics Anonymous. Because I'd been partying, but not every day. It had been a short stint, but it was not allowing me to use my gifts. That's what she said. I didn't really believe her, but I went to these meetings in church basements here in New York. And I'm going to tell you, in one of those meetings, I had something called a spiritual experience. Did you? All I experienced was reading a paragraph out of something called the big book. I experienced a deep, deep physical peace in my body. And I got the message that this is all, all I'd ever been looking for, all I'd ever been looking for and and anything. And it was great because that was it. And I, and I actually have never had that experience leave me. So I, um, I think that's pretty amazing. So you still you still got that sort of physical feeling now? Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's wow. thir- thirty two years later. Wow. I don't. Um, I'm going to say I was. I had um, episodes of depression, and which would what would that mean? It would mean I was just extremely sad and and um, didn't have much faith in the world, which is very easy to do today, you know, with what's going on. Yeah. Um, but all of that disappeared. I. It's as if it all exists, all the things that are not great in the world. But at the same time, in my physical body, I felt safe. I felt I belonged. That was it. Yeah. And it was not. 
yeah. sorry, this was actually at one of the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so from there, I said, hey, I like this. I'm going to keep going. And so I went a lot. I don't go to as many meetings now, this many years later. They're, uh, they're online now, so I can do that. But that led me to this, you know, feeling of grace and feeling of well-being and happiness. And did other people that you knew at the time, did they notice change in you? Well, the people who are drinking are not going to want to notice it. It's interesting. But they did notice I was more productive. I attracted more, in quotes, miracles. I started doing things that I was before deathly afraid of. Like I went, I took acting classes, which like, where did that come from? I was so, so shy. That came. And then from the acting classes, I became a really good speaker, but like public speaker where, and then I was able to join the union. And then all of a sudden I'm doing soap operas and I'm working on all the major shows and television and I'm doing off Broadway. And this was not in my normal path of being someone who's super shy and delicate, right? So that came, that was like my inner courage that was afraid to come out. And I dampened my spirit per se with um, cognac or, you know, wonderful, you know, liquors. They were fabulous. I had great times, but I noticed I wasn't going anywhere with like things were not changing in my life. So, yeah. And so there, then at one point I meet a Chinese mystic healer who comes into my life around 2000 and enroll in a costly program with him, which now when I think about it, I don't even know how I did it, but I just did it. I I had the Beatles autograph from 1966. I had their autographs. You you actually got the autograph. I had their autographs. Yeah. Someone got it for me. I had them confirmed at Christie's here in New York. And Robert, I sold them in order to pay for acting classes, headshots, everything I needed to really um, push my acting career forward. And I don't regret it because my experience of the Beatles were, um, was that the greatness that they were with their creativity was a bridge for me. There was for me to sit on some autographs in a, on a piece of cardboard locked away in my house was not what I was supposed to do though. They, so that, they yeah. So the value of the autographs was, was so much that you were able to take this course. By selling the them. course and get great headshots and yeah. do a lot of things. And between you and me, if I kept them to today, they'd be worth double you know, so, <laughs> or more. <laughs> but I bet you don't regret what you did. No, I don't because I'm not one of the things I saw was that I'm not an accumulator of material things. I am an accumulator. I like to accumulate life experience, yes. but mostly experience of being um, connected, feeling um, peaceful. And, you know, at peaceful at the same time, my work as an actor brought me into working with Lady Gaga and Kanye West and Bruno Mars and J-Lo. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working alongside some of these really wonderful artists that I like because I do love music. Yes. And even actors. So it's it's like the experience of life became about being with other, comfortable with being with other people because I yes. was finally comfortable with myself. So at one point, um, around 2012, I'm 
I had a cancer scare. I had a mammogram and I had to go back for a second opinion. And I'm, I'm really, really healthy for my age. I've never had to have anything like that. So I was really freaked out. But I used my angel techniques that I had been studying on my own, yes. on, you know, for myself. And basically the visualizations to help dispel anxiety. And I used that, and I also was doing hot yoga, which a lot of people are not into because it's really um, awful. It can be awful. Hot yoga. Hot yoga. I mean, obviously heard of yoga, but, but hot yoga. Hot is, is that yoga. In a, in a hot, that that's takes place in a, in a hot yes. room. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. and our temperature, 105 degrees. 105 centigrade, Fahrenheit. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's pretty hot. Yeah, it's pretty hot. And then you sweat a lot, and as you move, it gets hotter. So, but... Yeah. It's one of the most fabulous ways to get in touch with your anger and and uh, fear because they're going to come up. And when you learn to breathe, you can actually help release past experiences. So I went for my checkup and I, and I said, I saw the women in the waiting area also with these breast cancer issues. And I said, oh, my goodness, if I am clear and if I don't have anything wrong with me. I know it's my duty to share this. I mean, it's so simple. Yeah. You know, the very fact that you could have less anxiety and fear, that's it. And when I, after that, uh, I was clear. I said, all right, I'm going to share this. And that's basically how it all started. I had no other agenda about teaching people the right angels or the this or that, the history of them. It's basically how to be in your body in this yeah. world, with so more, just, with sorry, peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt there. Um, mm -hmm. In the um, technique that you used mm -hmm. for relieving some of the anxiety and everything, mm -hmm. anxiety and everything, do you think that actually had a, actually had a positive effect on um, tangling, you know, facing up to the disease and actually reversing it? Sure, sure. Right. No, again, I didn't have the cancer. I had you a, didn't a have it, no. no, I had a possible tumor, but even yeah. that today freaks people out. You know, just the fear I might have cancer or all the fears people went through during the pandemic, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. pure terror, basically. Yeah. So, when actually in preparing for this today, what I saw was that my main goal was teaching people to experience angel energy. And then choose whether or not they want more of it. Because yeah. all it, mm, I'm going to say all, the possibility of it is to have, um, it's almost like a superpower. You have this ability to ha have mastery over your anxiety. And that's without any pills or potions or anything. And my husband being a chiropractor for 35 years, you know, we're into having a lifestyle without um taking unnecessary medications yes and uh yeah that's that's, in that's interesting um so just just before we talk about the angels which i'm, I'm itching to get on mm -hmm. to, um you mentioned about your acting mm -hmm. what, you, you mentioned you've been in some soap operas some mm -hmm. films what what sort of films have you been in um there's a film that's russell brand remade called r arthur yes he did oh, that right. and i yeah. worked on that film and i am the asian hobson so i actually play Helen Mirren's part, but I'm an Asian person. And I don't have any um, lines, but I'm a featured person. You see me walking and actually yeah. wearing her clothes. <laughs> so oh. it's kind of interesting. Well, I'll have, I'll, yeah, I'll have to look out for that. <laughs> no. But and, so and, 
no major, major parts, but I've been in The Interpreter. I worked alongside uh, Nicole Kidman as the French interpreter because, you know, so I spent time with her in that. And then here in New York, in the United States, we had daytime soap operas for many years. They've all been canceled. But I immediately got um, jobs to work on them. And basically, you're in hotel rooms, you're at party scenes and whatnot. But all of a sudden, I had a regular paycheck and having fun. And um, that went on for a good 15 years until I got a little older. And then you're like in a different age group. And I'm not quite a gray-haired person yet. (laughs) So... So perhaps in another ten years. Yeah, 15, I'll be doing. I'll be years. making money in the next ten years, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and the art is the other the other sort of passion yes. that you've got, isn't it? Yes. So the art is quite interesting because in my life also follows along with some. They're not astrological, but they're spiritual timelines. Things that happen. Something called the harmonic convergence, nineteen eighty seven. Um. And then things that have happened since then. But what I saw was there was a deep coincidence. There were coincidence and there was a connection that um, in the late 70s, I did 26 drawings of female nudes. And I thought that I was just guided to do this. I have 26. I created a language by layering them. I got and I knew that was that. So that's back in the late 70s. Come around to today, what I see was that I was actually guided to create a language, a light language, meaning when you put these different images together, they will evoke a particular vibration, emotion, and most of them all for feeling enlightened and peaceful. And um, so that's what I'm doing now. Um, What I saw from all of the work, because I have done many paintings of them, before several of the paintings and the paintings from the 90s ended up being with Kim Cattrall, who is famous for Sex in the City. She was a patient of my husband's. I got to know her. She needed paintings for her apartment that was going to be on uh, Access Hollywood, where she was going to be interviewed. She didn't have anything. She called me and said, can I borrow some of your paintings? I took some paintings to apartment. They ended up being talked about and seen on television and she ended up buying them and and these were female basically they're female nude sketches which for me are and um contain the energy of the feminine and her whole series the whole phenomenon of sex in the city was a female empowerment so i thought that was pretty cool so all my these images have come back and i'm now culminating it it's like a 30-year project, and it's called the Jobutsu Project, which means enlightenment in this lifetime. So it totally coincides with the work that I do with people is that if they're interested, because Robert, not everybody is interested in being enlightened. I would say at soul level, they might be, but on surface level, no, no, I don't want, they don't want to give up certain attachments no that's right you know yeah yeah so so some of that art then is that something that um i could sort of show through our show notes that people could have a look at if any listeners are interested i could yeah there's a couple of paintings i don't have them the new ones completed but there's some in the series absolutely absolutely fantastic okay Mm -hmm. we'll speak after about that if that's okay and i'll I'll get the details so um angels now let let me let me be totally honest about this Mm -hmm. i've got a very open mind about angels i was brought Mm -hmm. up 
Um, I went to church quite a, well, a, a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and angels was something that you sort of um, almost mystical. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say like a fairy or a gnome or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they were things that you read about or heard about, but they tended to be more mythical than than actually mm-hmm. in in existence. Mm-hmm. So just to sort of um, summarize, are you able to summarize what an angel is, please? Mm-hmm. Well, I've come to see that an angel is a messenger of God. Um, I was not brought up in any religion. I was brought up by a mother who was Buddhist and a father who's Baptist, but I was yeah. never, you know, forced to go to any specific religion. So I don't have any baggage from, um, and I say baggage, but any preconceived ideas about angels. So for me, they are basically like sunlight. They're uh, emanations of love. And I had noticed when I would go into churches, you could almost feel, let's just say this, I think organized religion uh, moved and um, grew to be places that were not necessarily spiritual. They were um, in this kind of like businesses. And political. Yeah. And um, when you did say angels were appeared to be um, mystical, almost like fairies and gnomes, I actually, that's how I see them. They definitely are in the realm of that, which might even be folklore for some countries, but for some countries, uh, there's a palpable um, explanation for fairies, elves, gnomes, unicorns. So angels for me are not necessarily a set. Um, again, my husband was brought up Catholic. He has he's, Today he's agnostic, almost atheist. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to know anything about them. He had such a bad experience. Um, Robert, my when an immediate connection I personally had with angels was when I went to the Episcopal Church here in New York, yes. um, St. Thomas, which I ended up being a lector for, which that came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, I'm a reader at these high services in this big church here in New York. Yeah. Um, I heard the men and boys choir. And for several years, we had um, the choir director. I can't think of his name, John Anyway, he's from from London, so he's from St. Paul's. So we have oh, okay. we had this church is very very British, very Anglican, the whole thing. But I'm hearing the voices of these, the men and boys, but specifically the young boys singing, and I felt transported, truly transported. But not just like oh wow that was beautiful. I felt the. Uh, me allowing my heart to be so opened by this incredible sound and this incredible commitment for rising above the mundane, basically. So, so angelic voices. Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that pushed me towards, that's one reason why I wanted to join that church. I got baptized as an adult there, um, and I participated for several years. Um, yeah. So, so angels aren't necessarily specific to one set of religions? No, I don't think so. And um, though when I speak with Catholics or I get clients who were brought up a certain way, um, they, I don't interfere with their already um, 
way of connecting with their angels. Because, you know, that's, if it works for them, then that's great. But um, not just the uh, Christian religions, but I think all the religions of the world have some type of ascended being, deities, that they um, work with as if they're um, assistants or support, you know, true, true energy support for us. So are they, mm-hmm. sorry, are, are they, in your opinion, are angels a specific type of autonomous being um, connected to, I don't know, God or, or the universe? Or, or are they different forms, like you said earlier, of light? What, how, what would you say to that? I'd say both. So when I, uh, what I teach and what I think, because w- w- there are many, many teachers out there more than ever talking about angels and spiritual matters, is that there's source, source, universe, God, goddess, what we may look at that has created it all. Yeah. It could be nature for, for one person. It could actually be God, goddess. It could be that. And then from that, yeah, they do connect with that as messengers. And if we are highly intuitive, we develop our intuitive side, meaning we are much more a better listener, more aware, paying attention to with our physical senses. On the best level, highest level that we can, we're probably going to see and hear and experience more. So one person might say, well, you're just an overly sensitive person making stuff up. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, but you have a choice. We have a choice. Do you want to make up stuff that is positive and try that or go the normal route, the most uh, ordinary route of human beings, which is um, commit to connecting to a cynicism, a dread, and negativity? That basically, the, the ways of being a human being today, which is survival. You know, we're all surviving. But what if... You took on and just tried it on um, being positive. I mean, and that just, you know, being positive could actually get like a, and people will laugh at people that, well, what, is, what does being positive do for you when this, 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 and that's happening? Well, I don't know. You know, but the person who's trying to lose the, the 20 pounds or they want to stop, you know, their drugs or they want to get along better with their relatives, their their spouse, Um be happier is it's actually a very very powerful thing so um i don't know where we were going with that well i i I guess Mm -hmm. i I was just trying to for the listeners sort of just just paint a picture of Mm -hmm. your view and opinion about how you would see an angel so Mm -hmm. so we've said that they're not specific to any religion they can be a positive energy they are a type of being or a force Mm mm-hmm um, and some people might even see them as a 3D person, but they tend to be, I sense that they're more um, colors. Yeah. If if you're going to see anything clairvoyantly, um, my experience is that we have like at least four levels of uh, psychic abilities. So one is feelings in our heart. So heartfelt feelings. You could actually feel the presence of yeah goodness you could feel the presence of support and peacefulness but then also there's playful their angels are very playful like you could see signs and, and the signs very well could be 
what you read on a billboard or what's on a truck that drives by. Um, and you'll begin to see your own vocabulary of, of consistent, repetitive images or things that uh, are special for you. Yeah. And then even the numbers and people start saying, why do I keep seeing, you know, 111 or 555? And there's, there's, a, there's connection also to that. And again, what I say is this, at any given moment, we're focusing on something. We're focusing on something. And the incredible thing is that once you try on experiencing goodness, the light of angels, even just inviting angels uh, into your life, and my angels right now said, and even dragons, you can even invite your dragons in. And that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, yeah. But, that's- you know, things change because you're allowing, you're eliciting a conversation that's quite different than the norm. And that norm, again, goes towards what's not working in the world, why things are not going to work out, and that there's nothing you can do, Yeah, yeah. you know. I suppose the other, the other question I wanted to ask, um, mm-hmm. sort of in relation to that, is that there's a whole sort of subject to do with clairvoyancy and fortune telling and yes. cards. Is this all connected with it, or, or are angels something that are totally, you know, uh, not alien, but are, are they... Um, in a different bracket to what, what I've just said? Well, in my work, um, even on my show, when I do readings, callers will call in, and but they want fortune-telling answers. And yeah. angels can help us connect with our will. And whenever someone is looking to give away their power, or they don't even know that they're living a life where they have already given away their power, so they may be more easily drawn to someone like a fortune-teller or very inexpensive readings where someone's going to tell you, tell you what to do, tell you what's going to happen. And I'm about having people experience angel energy so that it literally like lights a fire in them. It, It ignites a spiritual flame that's already there. And if wanted, it can become stronger. And what does that do? It, It gives you more willpower. But willpower in the sense so that you have the will and willingness to face anything that you have to face and call upon an angel or an archangel to give you that extra courage and confidence or finding the right communications or, you know, there's a whole group of archangels, each one with a specific um, job per se, and they can actually support you. And, so you, you sort mm-hmm. of fan the embers of, of the fire that's inside people, sort of, mm-hmm. and, and they, that then enables them to uh, be much more aware and mm-hmm. um, experience the angels. And, and, and then if they've got a big, one or two big decisions to make in their life, it becomes clearer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we all have the ability to be a lot more courageous, a lot yeah. more peaceful. First, peaceful. And from being peaceful, all of our other capacities just flourish. Yeah. But we d- we're not really taught that in a church. That's one going back to organized religion. You're really not taught that you have the same. You are made in. They say you're made in the image of God. But what if they were to tell you? And you have all the capacity of God. You have total all the capacity of God. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome if you really understand that that you are creator. So you can co-create when you start 
connecting with archangels. When I say co-create, again, it's being from someone who thinks you got to do everything alone. Life is really, really hard, which it is. But finding out that, hey, if I partner and if person, if the vision of an angel is too much for someone, then I would say, can you partner with an intelligence? It's a loving intelligence that will serve you so that you could relax more. Ideas can flow. You can feel, experience more joy. Yeah. As, you know? as a practical, practical person, uh, I would yeah. say that sounds like a no-brainer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you mentioned a bit earlier on when I, when I um, rudely interrupted you a little bit, uh, you mentioned that um, there's a whole group of arch- archangels. Mm-hmm. What's, a, what's an archangel? So my understanding is an archangel oversees like 100,000 angels. So you have God, and then there are other types of um you may know this more than I do if you've attended church, you know, the principalities and there's the different cherubim and all this stuff. But I just basically work from God's source then to the archangels. And so they oversee a lot of like multitudes of angels. So they're given a special role. And many of uh, the most popular is Archangel Michael, who helps give us the courage, confidence and strength. And he has a sword a white light, beautiful sword that can cut what we call our etheric cords. Cords are like energy connections between ourselves and things that no longer serve us. So they're like tiny surgical tubes, <laughs> it's like energy connections between yes. us and the past. People, places, employers, you know, yeah. anything that doesn't serve us. So he can actually clear that. And then we have Raphael who helps us with our health. And I, I worked with him a lot during the pandemic. Um, we have Gabriel, who helps us with communication, words, writing, publishing, the arts. And then we have we have these others. I work with the basic 12, and there are others even. Are they all male, these angels? They're androgynous, but I tend, uh, I may use words like he or whatnot. They may have more one quality yes. than the other. Uh-huh. And when did sort of people first discover somebody called Michael or Raphael, for example? I'm not sure. I am not uh, sure. I'm, uh, you know, when I work, I'm I'm studying and I, when I work with clients, I can work with them on, how do I say, advanced techniques of angels. And then also with um, simpler and basic life coaching. But um, I'm working and studying the times of Atlantis. So that we're talking many, many hundreds of thousands of years ago. Yes. So in record, I don't know when it was ever written, but no. um, in my studies and work is that time doesn't exist. So it's I know no. what, so it's and I guess, I guess the these um, sort of names or characters and that they they've sort of just gone through history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haven't necessarily been written down all the time. Mm-hmm. Been, uh, been passed from person to person who has a fascination and an interest in angels. Yeah, there are some people who've studied the Bible a lot more than me, who yeah. know of the specific angels that, that are mentioned in the Bible and the ones that walked on earth before they ascended, like I think Metatron, you know, there things like that. And um, I, I tend, again, I, I tend to, I'm moving more towards simplifying this work so that it's energetic support for people. And yet the uh, more detailed information does exist. And yet 
people can benefit without having to know um, all of the history. One yeah, of the yeah. things that was to- told to me is that what I went through to get healed, to really clear my past and to really, yeah, I spent, a, I spent money and hours. I did a lot of work. But people who are being born on the planet now have much less karma and that they can receive this energy quicker they can get to work with it quicker and they don't need to go through 30 years of you know searching for their soul yeah and do you do you think there's um there's becoming more of an interest in in angels mm-hmm. as we, yeah. You think? yeah and and what we see what we see we could look at the world right now look at the news and we could say hey there's like a you know even in my home country japan in north korea flew these jets over like right where my family yes, lives I there. Saw that. Yeah, so, yeah. right so things are like bubbling on the one hand at the yeah. same time there's a reciprocal thing happening where the light is actually getting stronger and stronger and what do i mean by the light more and more people ready to connect with, in quotes, a positive outlook for the world. It's already part of the plan. And I'm not into conspiracy theories or any of that, which some of my colleagues can easily segue into. I'm I'm not. I'm into the practical, and I include what's going on. And I'm not hiding from anything. But, um, yeah, I think people are. And because of that, the light, the world is, in my opinion, the world, it's going to work out. Things are going to work out. And what has to happen is happening. Everything that has been out of balance, hello, is showing itself. And it's all correctable. Even climate change, which is not easy, you know, <laughs> but we are making headway. But um, there's, you know, we're, we're, what we're seeing is the ignorance. And um, I don't like to use the word dark forces, but the ignorance of the of the of history of men and women is holding on tight. You know, it's holding, it's gripping, it's gripping on tight. Yeah, this is where Michael comes in, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah, Michael and Metatron, which is a really cool archangel who is like overseeing the whole plan right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, what for a while, Robert, I thought about stopping my podcast and just doing podcasts on voting, getting people to vote, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, that was one of the things that happened during the pandemic. I said, is my work really making a difference? Or shouldn't I just, you know, spend time getting people to vote? Yeah. And um, what I was brought to is that my work, when you get involved with angels and you study them, decide to connect a little, that in its of its of itself affects you, affects me when I do it. And I emanate more peace. Yes. And, and that makes a difference. Yeah. And at the same time, I know very well that smart politics or, you know, what we need to do here, especially in the United States, is so important. But I can also focus on helping people feel good. And even those who have not felt good to the point where their thinking has become so wayward that it creates, how do I say, interesting scenarios, you know, in politics and business. If they knew that they could feel good and that everything is all right and not, you know. So we can see how my work really is political, you know, in its yeah, own yeah. way. Sure, yeah. So so for any listeners that are listening and they're thinking... 
You're next to a railway. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was that close, but it's loud in my headphones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a real American train sound. Yeah. <laughs> like something out of a film. Um, yeah. What I was going to say, but if, if there's any, if there are any listeners who are skeptical about this, mm-hmm. however, but they might sort of deep down think, mm, yeah, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very busy. You know, I work twelve hours a day and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. Is there any way that you would suggest that they could perhaps um, sort of find a bit more out about? Could they experience something? Mm-hmm. Is there a way that they could experience it at all? So, when you, if uh, someone is skeptical, that means they at least had a thought about it. I would yeah. say, just have the second thought. And what I tell people: if you just you can talk to an angel, your angel. Everyone has had has at least one guardian angel or two from birth, you can just speak from your heart, your mind, if you want to speak out loud at home, you can just begin the conversation. Um, I have people listen to my podcast just to see, to hear what I'm talking about for the week, or even hear how people call in um, that. But it really does begin, if you have a thought about it, Robert, I would say you have one more thought than the other person who's not even thinking about it. So if you have that tiny, tiny uh, curiosity and you give it a little space, it can actually grow. And you don't have to have the special um, prayers, the special incense or anything. It's just from your heart. Because you and I know people, when there's a desperate situation, a situation you know, that uh, might require like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start praying, right? You know, people start praying when there's an emergency. But on on the average day, they may not say, they may not. Like they may not say, you know, given the situation of the hurricane in Florida or down there or even in in Ukraine, I'm going to connect with one angel. Angel, please be with me today. Help me find some peace with everything that I see in the world, you know. And it's really about, I think you would agree with me, what we get back in the world often is the questions that we're willing to ask, right? So if you just ask the question, right? Mm -hmm. And that will bring something. And here's the other thing that I came with in the past few months, really. It is no small thing if a person has an interest in angels. It's not like an interest in new wallpaper or a new car or a new beer. It's like if you've been drawn to thinking about the angel, that means your angel's been nudging you. That's a sign like, hey, they're knocking on your door. They'd like to get to know you. How would I tell? I would say this is like getting an intravenous vitamin. You're going to get a jolt, you know, access to energy that you, um, they dreamed of yeah and you you um you obviously have your podcast mm-hmm. which talks about and i'll put that on the show notes if you mm-hmm. don't mind as well um and you also work with clients one-to-one mm-hmm. i work with clients one-to-one yeah. um and yeah and i don't um i kind of go under the radar with my just branding on social media because i don't want to attract um you know in my work there can be a lot of uh variety of people who are in tarot and all that and because i'm not into witchcraft i'm not into that and they all there's a place for everything so i tend to call my work b calvano coaching that's also my website so that i cover the umbrella of being coached or mentored in this world today and um 
yeah, if someone wants to learn more about even how to read angel cards or how to do oracle card readings, I can help with that, help people get started in what I would call a spiritual-based business, which may not have the same um, parameters even like as a regular business. It's a couple special things that we can do that can have us connect with our new clients and get our get our work out there into the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, and you mentioned, uh, was it Oracle cards? Then? Mm-hmm. How do they work? Well, so Oracle cards are interesting because you could say, well, they're just a bunch of pieces of paper, right? We're just, we got their cards, cardboard. What, what, what of it, you know? But as um, this has been going on for thousands of years where cultures have used coins or runes, you know, they've used sticks and stones for translating information. I was going to say foretell the future, but I'm not going to say that. No. Um, the intent of the author with the artist, with the words they choose on the, the specific cards have um, almost a, well, they have a frequency, they have a vibration. Yeah. And you could play with this. I would tell anyone to, if they're really curious, get a pack of oracle cards, which are not like tarot cards, would have, which have specific designations. This, depending on the author, could be about working with crystals or flowers or um, any number of things, color. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, the frequency will, your frequency will show up. The card matching your frequency, my frequency, will actually show up right there on the table. It will show up. It's uncanny. And I, I, I didn't really trust it at first. I said, well, I'm drawn to it, but I need to see some evidence. And then upon doing some readings, you know, all of a sudden you'd say, oh, my gosh, I don't know what they say. But I re- relayed the information to the person and the client. And then they say, that's exactly what's going on. I'm, I'm here at home taking care of my mother um, because she's elderly, yeah. you know. And, you know, Robert, the confirmation the confirmation of this invisible frequency, right, does something for people. It helps them see that, it helps them trust their own invisible energy around them. And that's something in our culture, at least here in the United States, it's not a trusted thing. In other cultures, they totally um, almost uh, worship the invisible. You know, they really are in alignment with the natural and guess, world, mm-hmm. and I guess that's because the those people have, you know, they're, they're fortu- fortunate enough to have a situation where they're not quite perhaps as busy, not mm-hmm. at risk mm-hmm. as much. They've got more time to actually consider these things, mm-hmm. experience them. Yeah, it's, a lot of people in the West are rushing around, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, in an ever increasing cycle of um, busyness. Well, that's the uh, consequence of um, the modern world, which at yeah. the same time. You know, we help the other parts of the world with what we're able to create, you know, and support yeah. the other part of the world. But at the same time, if we lose in touch with nature, then there is a consequence. And that's one of the ways to help nurture your angelic connection is go into nature or, or bring a plant into your home. It's funny, actually, you should say that, because mm-hmm. I know every time I go for a walk in the forest mm-hmm. or in the mountains or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I feel great. Yeah, I think yeah. Most people do, don't they? Totally. That became my Sunday practice with my husband. We would go to the botanical gardens nearby here, 
and just walk and take photographs of flowers. But I really wanted to see if if this would work because I was taught this about 12 years ago. That and just being an observation in nature, walking amongst the trees wherever you can. Even here in New York City, we have some gardens. So whatever a person can do to be in nature more, the... um, you know, the impact is going to be huge. And it's such a tiny thing. It's like you said, what it does for you. And that's no small thing. It's really, it really, really, really works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are the projects you have coming up, Barbara? Well, I have an Oracle deck that I've been working on, and I need to get going. And it has to do with orchids. I'm not an orchid plant grower. But years ago, I was told about this, um, yeah, orchids, that each orchid has its own particular voice. I don't talk about it a lot, but uh, it's time to get it going. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And um, orchids were the plants from Atlantis, I found out, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then my, my art project, it, again, is called Joe Butsu, which is named after my cat who passed away. But it really is having me look at how can I create a program of um, – enlightenment in this lifetime, something that I went through back in 2000 with this uh, Chinese mystic healer. I did a rigorous program, and I may not be the person who who puts the person through it all, but I can create it such that if they really wanted to experience a complete um, clearing in their mind, body, spirit, they can do it themselves, which includes um, like liver and gallbladder cleanses and rebirthing, deep breathing, and um, particular um, nutritional detox for a while, you know, to see what that does to their body, to develop their psychic abilities. And uh, I did it, and it was uh, pretty awesome. Fantastic. Pretty awesome. Where, where can people find out more about your work, Barbara? Um, they can find more about me at my website, which is bcalvanocoaching.com. And I have several different pages there. They can find out about my services and see the testimonials from others. And then also at my podcast, which is Let's Ask the Angels, which is primarily on blog talk, but now it's on most streaming platforms. Well, Barbara, this has been an absolutely fascinating conversation. And um, I'm so pleased to have met you. And um, hopefully our prowls will cross again thank you very much thank you it has been so so great and uh, again uh, I wish you the very best and uh, thank you again thank you you have been listening to Undercurrent Stories I hope you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to share the show link to your friends and family and if you have 60 seconds I will be most grateful if you would please rate and review to hear more episodes please subscribe to the show and visit undercurrentstories.com. If you leave your email in the link, we will notify you as soon as new episodes are released. Also, check out our social media links, details of which can be found on the show notes. Until next time, this is Bob Wells wishing you all the very best.